Thank you this evening. We give you all the praise. Thank you for another wonderful opportunity to worship and to gather before you. Father, we commit our gathering this evening unto you. We're asking, Father, for a blessing tonight, Amen. a unique blessing. Come and let your waters fall upon our heart. Amen. I pray, Amen. Father, you make us by your spirit prepared and ready Amen. to receive your seed Amen. to receive your word Amen. father we ask for your spirit your anointing to come and teach us thank you our father i yield myself unto you my heart to you tonight i pray in the name of jesus that you help me to follow your leading tonight into the pasture that you set for us and I pray in the name of Jesus that every one of us will be blessed. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Good evening, everyone. Um, let's open our Bibles. Praise the Lord. Let us see. Um, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter chapter two. Ephesians chapter two. Can they say Amen? amen. Uh, I'll read from verse. Let's read from verse uh, verse 20. Ephesians 2 verse 20. Uh, it says, Praise God. Oh, let's read from verse 19. You can read together from verse 19. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a heavenly temple in the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, let's read verse 22. In whom ye also are built together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Praise God. In whom ye also are built together for an habitation of God in the Spirit. Praise God. Let us read that verse 20. Verse 20 and 21 again. And yeah. are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together grows unto an holy temple in the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, amen. amen. Uh, the building fitly framed together grow it into uh, what? a holy temple in the Lord. Praise God. And it says, In whom ye also are built 
together for an habitation of God in the spirit. Praise God. Uh, so, so we can see that uh, this place is speaking concerning the the wisdom and the provision of God. Praise the Lord Hallelujah. for building uh, the house of God. Amen. Amen. Uh, so, in this place, they are, they are talking about two orders of building. You can see. Um, praise the Lord. Um, okay, let's. If we go from verse nineteen again, I want us to just to just flow with it. Amen. Amen. Our Father, we thank you. Thank you we receive your breath tonight, Amen. a fresh breath upon us, breathe into our hearts, our soul, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So it says, verse. You are no more. Verse nineteen. You are no more strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of god and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets jesus christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom are all the building fitly framed together groweth into an holy temple in the Lord. Praise God. Uh, verse 22 says, In whom ye also are built together for an habitation of God in the Spirit. So you can see two in whom's there. Uh, so that those two in whom's, verse, verse 21 and verse 22, are speaking of two different phases of building that happens in Christ. Uh, praise God. Hallelujah. Two different what? Phases of building that happens in Christ. First one is in whom? Then the next one is whom, in whom also. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So in whom first is your build, your builded, your building is fitly framed together and then it groweth into a holy temple. Praise God. Hallelujah. So the first thing Christ wants to build is a holy temple. So that's the first building that is raised in Christ is a holy temple. Then after, when a holy temple has been built, then what happens? Habitation then, uh, yes, another building called the habitation of God through the spirit is built so the habitation of god is a further building that happens when the building of the holy temple has been built praise god so of course the building in verse 22 which is called the habitation of god is not just the holy temple it's the most holy temple because God dwells in the most holy temple. Amen. Amen. And so this word called the habitation of God in verse 22 um, is the same thing as what Revelation chapter 21 says. Remember in chapter 21 of Revelation, the Bible says that um, I saw a new heaven and a new earth coming out of heaven. 
what? Say for the first heaven and the first earth has passed away, and there was what? There was no more. So let us just read that. We'll come back here. Praise God. Hallelujah. I believe in this time, the Lord is giving us more details. He's giving us more specifics concerning the building of His house. Praise God. Uh, God is no longer, um, I guess, by kind of was shining away, or He's becoming more explicit with His uh, His actual intention. Praise God. You know, God is wise. He, he didn't come to us with His full intention at first. Otherwise, we won't be able to bear it. <laughs> Amen. Imagine when you just go born again, you just had one mighty revelation. Maybe on that day that your eternal God wants to live inside you. That might be too much for you to be. <laughs> Praise God. So God doesn't start with that revelation. So He hides that part and He showers you with gifts. He does a lot of things just to win your heart to you know, just get your heart into a place, but the Lord at this time is not shying back from an express declaration of what his actual intention with man is. Praise God. And it's a, it's a blessed aspiration uh, to aspire into being the house of God. Praise the Lord. Let's read that verse, uh, Revelation chapter 21. Let's read from verse 1 together. Uh -huh. Yes. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, yeah. and there was no more sea. Mm -hmm. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, with his hair as a bride adorned for us. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them. And, and be shall be their God. Praise the Lord. Amen. I love this. He said that the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people. And God himself, praise God, shall be with them and be their God. So for God himself to be with them and habit and have his dwelling or his habitation with them amen, amen. Um, they have already been built up praise God they are they actually a befitting um, house or a befitting dwelling for God I love the word God himself that they use here because um, there's a way this thing can be conceptualized and maybe you you can say that it's just maybe a it's figurative, you know, that yeah. you know, as we all have God in us, as we are, we are born again, the God is in us by virtue of maybe praise God. Yeah. <laughs> virtue of the Holy Spirit being in us. Amen. But yeah. this is God Himself. That word himself means something. He's actually talking it's not just talking about the dwelling of the spirit, praise God, within us. The spirit is also God, but there's what we call God himself, praise God. And, and so it would take God himself, uh, it would take a specific kind of building of men to be able to receive God himself into their tabernacle. Amen. Amen. Now, one of the, th the, the prerequisite for God himself to dwell in the house is that that house must must there must be somebody already 
in fact, not just dwelling in that house. Um, there's the, the Christ himself, according to uh, sorry, Ephesians chapter 2. Let's go back. Praise God. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2. You see um, verse 20. Let's read that verse 20 again. It says, uh huh. Yes. Uh huh. Himself being what? The chief cornerstone. So Jesus Christ Himself um, has to be the foundation of the house which God Himself will dwell in. Amen. So when when they are saying Himself, Himself, they are actually those they are talking about those persons those two persons who want to dwell in us beyond the measure of the spirit indwelling that we have praise god so the house that god himself will dwell in must have a foundation praise god that is when they check the cornerstone, so Jesus is not just the foundation alone, but he is the foundation, but he is also the stone upon which the foundation is built. Amen. Amen. What did I say? Can we repeat it? He's not just what? The foundation, the foundation but he is what? Let's say it again. Yes. Jesus is not just the foundation, but he is the stone that the foundation is built upon. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. And he also he's not just the stone upon which the foundation is built, he is also the builder upon the foundation. Amen. What did I say? Is is also the builder of what? Of is also the builder of the house. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you. Now, Christ is the builder of the house that God will dwell in, and then. God is the builder of Christ. Amen. Amen. What did I say? Christ, Christ is the builder of the house that God will dwell in. And God is the builder of Christ. It takes God to build Christ. And then it takes the Christ to build the habitation of God. Amen. Amen. Now, what is, if you ask me, what is Christ? Well, why does it take God to build Christ? Christ is a house. Christ is a... Christ is an overcoming house. Amen. Amen. Christ is what? An overcoming house. And not just an overcoming uh, is a Christ is the house that has overcome all, that has overcome everything. Uh, so you see, let's go to Hebrews chapter 3. 
Hebrews chapter 3. Praise God. Uh, we'll read from I'll read from verse one. It says, Wherefore, holy brethren, right? Partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Now when you say apostle, there are there are apostles and there is the apostle. Amen. Amen. There are apostles and there is who? There is the apostle. The apostle is the high priest of our profession. Amen. Amen. And so that apostle, he said we should consider him. Praise God. Verse 2 says, Who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. Am I correct? And verse 3 says, For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who had builded the house has more honor than the house. For every house is builded by some man, but he that built, it, built all things is who? Is God. Is God. Amen. Amen. I just want to speak a little, amen, about amen. this. Thank you, Father. Thank you, amen. It says, For every house is builded by some man. Every house is builded by some man, but he that builded all things is God. Now, the other word, that all things, when you say all things there, take that all things, just use your spiritual sense and replace all things with Christ. In the Bible, all things means Christ. In the New Testament, when you see the word all things, all things, all things. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. It's a, you might not be able to just connect it directly that all things equal to Christ, but if you're able to follow the journey of um, New Testament nomenclature, how the New Testament um, separates things. Amen. Amen. And then apportions meaning. If you use the taxonomy, I don't know if that's what the word is. <laughs> Of, of the New Testament vocabulary, you know that when they speak about all things, you are beginning to speak concerning Christ. Praise God. Um, when uh, you don't, you hardly hear all things outside of Christ. Christ is God's instrument for all things. It's how Christ is how God. We can just begin to go through scriptures. You will see them. Amen. Amen. If being from First Corinthians chapter five verse seventeen, okay. if any man be in Christ, is a new creation. All things are passed away. Then all things have become new. Then all things are of God. Mm. Amen. So, when what is the meaning of that? It means that in order, the way God touches all things, mm. the way God takes all things, the way He is able to to bring all things. The Bible. Says, amen. amen. All things, amen. amen. All things. So, what makes all things of God is Christ. 
That's also the meaning of Christ being the power of God. Amen. Amen. What did I say? Of Of Christ being the power of God. It's the power. Christ is the one who is able to win all things to God. He's the one. He's the power that God, God designed and created for bringing all things. Amen. Amen. So if any man being Christ, he says he's a new creation, and then old things are passed away, and then all things become new, and all things are of God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. You see in Hebrews chapter 1, um, what does the Bible say there? It says, God with sunrise times in diverse mm-hmm. manners has spoken unto the fathers by the prophets, has then in these last days spoken to us by who? By his son, who being the brightness, appointed, sorry, the heir of all things. Let's say that again. So what does that mean? So God has appointed Christ, the heir of all things. What does it mean of that? The inheritor. And that word for inheritor means the possessor. It, God, it would take God to take Christ. It's Christ who makes God possess all things. Amen. Amen. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Not yet? Okay, we're getting there to open up by God's grace. So I said it is through Christ. Maybe that's where I should put it. It is through Christ that God possesses all things. It is through Christ that God possesses all things. It is through Christ that God actually himself brings all things to himself. What that means is that Christ was, has been made a... Christ has been made the instrument of reconciliation to God. Is a, Christ is the reconciler of all things to God. Amen. Amen. So when you say all things, they are things, all things of God. Praise the Lord. Amen. And then they are all things that need to come to God. So Christ is the medium that makes all things come. If any, what that means is that anything, there is nothing that can pass through Christ that will not become a, an inheritor of God. That will, come, that will fully pass through Christ. In other words, Christ has the answer to make all things of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What did I say? Christ has the answer to do what? To make all things of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That Hebrews chapter 2, chapter 1. Amen. Let's read it again. Praise God. It says, God who has sundry times in diverse manners, speak in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his son whom he had appointed heir of all things by whom also he did what 
he made the walls. Praise God. So he has appointed him the heir of all things. Amen. Uh, now, let us see. I want us to read that, that Second Corinthians chapter 5. Let's go there. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18, right? It says, verse 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and then behold, all things are become what? New. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by who? Jesus. By Jesus Christ, and hath given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, are you seeing that? He had, who has reconciled, who are all things are of God who had reconciled us to himself by yes. Jesus Christ. Yes. By Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes. So, all yes. things become of God. Amen. Yes. And then through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ makes things become of God. Praise God. Amen. Or Christ is the window, he's the avenue, he's the access by which all things come to God. So in Christ, so God does not look outside Christ. God only looks at Christ. Praise God. Amen. So God's answer to the puzzle of reconciliation, which is a great puzzle, is not many things. God found the wisdom to make to produce only one answer to to all reconciliation. That answer is Christ. Amen. Amen. So so when I say Christ it means all things. So in God Christ means all things. So Anything that doesn't approach God through Christ is not a thing. Cannot be a thing in God. It cannot be a thing to God if it doesn't approach, it doesn't come through the way of Christ. Praise God. So what I mean is that God did not leave any space outside of Christ. There is no space outside. Of Christ, you see at the end. The way now it might not be manifest yet, but by the time everything is done, praise God. Remember when one of the things that will happen in the, the Bible says it that the end, then will the end come when He had put an end to all rule, all authority, all power, and has delivered the kingdom to God the Father. Say so then the end will come. Who, who will do that? Is it is Christ who will do that. So you see at the end, by the time all separation has happened, what is the real separation? Things that are not in Christ and things that are outside. If you ask me what are the things that are going to lake of fire, it's very simple. It's things that are not in Christ. If at the end they find anything that is not in Christ, that thing cannot stay. It will move into eternal separation. Eternal separation is the world 
outside all things. Praise God. What did I say? Eternal separation is the world, is the realm, is the existence outside all things. And so the present is deceptive because there's a mixture. Things that are not are mixed with things that are. Things that be not are mixed with things that are that actually are. So what I mean is, um, um, praise God. Nothing is mixed with things in the world. Praise God. But what, what will happen, and, and this is one of the, the purpose of the last times, of the last days, is to begin to separate things that are real from things that are not real. So when you're using God's own, the way God thinks, his own language, he doesn't, things that are not real, he doesn't call them things. Are you getting, are you, are you getting the wisdom? When they now say all things are of God. So you're getting the, the where they are speaking from. They are not speaking about things that are, they are the, the verse before makes you know that the things that are of God are things that are passed through. Or that are found in Christ. Amen. All things pass away. Then all things become new. If you, if you turn it around, it means the new things are now all things. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? So Christ is the... Is the is what God has created. How many of you believe Christ is a creation? Christ is actually a creation of God. Um, God created Christ. He's a second creation. Praise God. Hallelujah. God created Christ, and in Christ, the Bible says, "In Him do all things." Do what? Consist. Praise God. Let's see a few more things in the Bible. Amen. Just, uh, our Father, we bless your holy name. We give you all the glory. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's see Colossians chapter 1. Mm-hmm. Amen. We'll read from that verse 12. Where we've been, been seeing. Amen. Amen. Colossians 1 verse 12. It says, Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light who had delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins who is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of every creature are you saying so if if he's the firstborn of every creature of course he's a creature this is Christ is a creature. This is where 
people that things people read and sometimes it just causes a lot of problem. <laughs> Praise God. I saw I saw a post by um I saw a post by I think it was um or um Kenneth Copeland praise God who was who just posted something I think it was that Easter season then he, he posted that he said that one he, he said I can quote it verbatim he said that one born again man overcame all of hell <laughs> praise God mm-hmm. and he wrote that and then there's one one person who I know who's on who's on Facebook who attacks things <laughs> because he comes from one point of view he's very cerebral with the Bible and so he he just began to attack Copland. I said Copland and these people they were the God they are worshiping that, that Jesus is God. It's not a born again. Jesus was never a sinner, so he couldn't get born again. So the God of Copland is worshiping another God. He just went off. <laughs> amen. amen. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. So so amen. So you can see all these those kind of things. So I'm sure if you went to such a man and tell him, do you know that Christ is a creature? How are you? Imagine what he will say to you, but it's written here in the Bible, Amen. That that he is what is the firstborn of every word, is the firstborn of every creature, Amen. And so, um, verse sixteen. Now, now when they say every creature, praise the Lord. I love that word, every creature, because even creatures who were not who were not even of his own order. There are things, part, things in him for gave birth to him. For example, the first creation came out of the Logos. Do you agree? The first creation came out of what? And, and then Christ is a child of the Logos. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Christ is a child of the Logos. Christ is, Logos became flesh. Praise God. Logos became flesh and then became born. Amen. Amen. And became what? Born. Born. So it was man embodying the Logos to a point where man can now become, can now become, can partake of the divine essence. Praise God. And of course, the only way anybody can partake of divinity is through birth. You have truly have to be born. Amen. Into the, the word birth just means the emergence of a new life. It's the emergence of a new, a new what? A new kind of life. Praise God. Now, so it says that the image of the invisible God and the firstborn of every creature, verse 16 says, For by him were all things created. That are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, says all things were created by him and what? For him. Says, and he is before all things, and then by him all things what? Consist. And he is before all things, and then what? By him all things consist, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Verse 18, that in all things 
he might have the word preeminence. Verse 19, for it pleased the Father that in him should not, what? All fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And then you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now had he what? Reconcile. Reconcile. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Are you seeing that? That in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and then unreprovable in his sight. Say holy. holy. Then unblameable. And then last one is what? Unreprovable in his sight. Holy. Unblameable. Then the last one is what? Unreprovable. You know the word unblameable is not the same thing as unreprovable. <laughs> unreprovable is higher than unblameable. Unblameable. Praise God. It's like it's without blame. Praise God. Hallelujah. Then unreprovable is before him in love. Praise God. Unreprovable doesn't just mean that you are you haven't done anything wrong. Unreprovable means that it's no longer possible for you to offend. So you are unreprovable. That you will never be in a position where anymore where there is need for reproof. Because all all pathways of error in you have been deleted. So you are now unreprovable. What do they say? In his sight. In his sight is before him in love. You can, you can just line this up with Ephesians chapter 1. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. The same thing as present you holy and to make you unblameable. That's without blame, right? And then to be before him means you are actually consecrated. You've moved, you've moved into full stature. Praise God of consecration. Where you are before him in his, in his sight. But, but for that to happen, you must continue in the faith. Verse 23. You must be grounded and settled. And not be moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard. And which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof Paul, I, Paul, am made a minister. Amen. Amen. Then let's go back a little bit. Praise God. Um, so, verse 19 said that it pleased the Father that in him should all the fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto, unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth. Or what things in heaven. Are you seeing there's a property of Jesus? Mm. He has a property. In order to understand why he can 
be the heir of all things. Amen. Amen. Why the why the Father will be pleased for in him to all to all fullness dwell is because of of the journey of his how he arrived at where he is, where he came from. Amen. Amen. Now what if you ask me what made Jesus, what actually made him was the check his nature, what did they frame him with? is actually the substance of the Logos. There's a wisdom, there's a reason why they send the second person. There's a reason why the Father himself did not come. Why, why they sent the Logos. Why it was the Logos in John chapter 1 who became flesh. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's because you need the substance of creation to redeem creation. You need the very what I say, you need the what? You need, yes. So the very material, the information from where creation came from, from where every creature came from, you must bring that material down. Is that material that can address everything. Praise God. It's, an er- it's like an error. That, that first, God made creation first, an error came in. And then cause a deviation and spoil a lot of things. The only way you can fix those things is that you must bring the what? The understanding, mm. amen, mm. of the original, first the original. Mm. And then, because Logos contains many things. Mm. At the point where Logos met man, Logos had the original from where his creation came from. Mm. And then he brought the extra. What is, the, what is the extra in Logos? The extra in Logos is the eternal dimension in the Logos, which is the destiny of man, which was not found in man. Praise God. So when you say the world was made flesh, it's more than just the creature, the initial creature wisdom. What I'm just trying to tell you is that the, the Logos is more than what the information that came out that expressed as creation. There are more greater dimensions in the Logos, which God was actually intending to reveal further in man. You know, God had planned to reveal, bring more of the Logos into Adam to make him even eternal. Praise God. Uh, but so, so the Father, uh, it, it's the Father, before the Logos could come, the father actually was on operating on the earth for a long time. Amen. He was operating personally with men. He led some of the fathers by his presence. He was operating as the Lord. The father was operating as the Lord. Amen. Upon the earth. Amen. Amen. And But that operation was not the person of the Logos. So now, when you don't, when without that person of the Logos, there will be a limitation to what the father can affect. It doesn't mean that he is not powerful. It's just that the part of himself which he uses to write, that, that contains the information for the accurate frame of creation, he, is not, he hasn't involved that part yet. 
praise God. Hallelujah. Am I making sense to you somehow? Yes, Are you sure? Yes, it's like I'm right now. I'm, I'm a computer programmer. Okay, and so what the work I'm doing right now as a computer programmer, most, a lot of it has, is is already being settled. Settled. The architecture of the of the design is written is some somewhere. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Maybe some parts are still being written, but a huge part is being written. Then of the architecture, the actual information which should be implemented in the design is written somewhere. Now, it doesn't matter how skilled I am as a programmer. I can't just go to work and then I forget, without any kind of documentation, any kind of specification, any kind of knowledge of what I should be designing and just begin to program. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's not about my skill or my ability as a programmer. Mm. It's about the information that needs to be programmed. Amen. 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 So when you see God the Father, God the Father is the programmer of creation, of things. Amen. He has all the authority. But there is the document. He himself wrote that document. It is yeah. his document. But he, but he would not do anything. Maybe he can come around like you can, I can come around, clean up the machine. I can do all kinds of things, just do some cleanup and all. But I can't, I, I, I can't, in order for me to either fix what is broken or improve on the product, I need what? The documentation. I need the, the, the information. That's what the Logos is. Am I making sense to you? And the, and the Logos is, is big. It is vast. The Logos has things in it. The Logos contains all the eternal wills of God. Eternity past, eternity to come. Everything is inside the Logos. The part of the Logos that manifested in Genesis as creation, just the first part just brought from one part of it. And said so this part, we use this part and just produce a, a what? A first creation is like a seed. Adam was actually a seed creation. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And then that God will work on that and then find a way to begin to import the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, well, of course, man fell. And then God now said, okay, we're going to now begin, to, we're going to bring another person. And the person who will go, the only person who is able to really solve this problem must be the embodiment of the Logos. That is what Paul is trying to explain in Colossians chapter 1. I don't know if that makes sense to you. So if you are asking yourself, why, why did he have to be the second person? You see, the, the, the Holy Spirit has his own job. He was here also from the beginning, and he has been around. He never left. But there's a lot he, he can't do until Logos comes. So in the beginning, he was moving upon the face of the waters. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. The Bible says, the earth was without form and void. The Spirit was upon the face of the water, and then God spoke. That was speaking was a rema. A rema is an instru- instruction from the Logos. It's just an instruction one. So there is an inst- if you check Logos, you find let there be light there. Praise God. So God just brought let there be light, and then light manifested. And then God continued to speak from the Logos. He began to speak and speak and speak. He spoke to a level in, in, at a point 
he spoke enough to bring forth a kind of man called Adam. When he did that, then he stopped speaking. Amen. Then he took a rest from that point. And then in chapter 2, he now came now. Amen. This is not Logos now. He came as the Lord of Father and then began to give formation to the things which has been created. Does this make sense to you? Amen. Amen. So in, in, in Christ, in Jesus, so when you say Christ now, Christ is an evolution of Logos. Praise God. Hallelujah. What did I say? Christ is an evolution. <laughs> it is the first is the first measure of the logos. Then that then then something added to it. Because he was the first man, Adam, first. Christ started as an Adam. And then he came to the fullness of Adam. But he was able to open up more. Amen. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? He was able to what? Open up more to give further expression to things in the Logos that had never entered into creation before. Praise God. Things that are in the Logos, there are things inside Logos. There are things. And sometimes when you see the word, you think that everything is here. No, no, no. We haven't. There are, there are many, many things. What we see and we are wowed of creation. Wow. You know, when you think about creation, think about all the many, even in just in nature. Okay, just think first of how many species of plants there are. The botanical life. Just there are different classes. They have different classes. They have different families. Different Inside one family, you go inside his under division again. That's if it doesn't end. Even in the animal kingdom. All right, they say kingdom, phylum, class, or the, or the, what's that? I'm, I'm not sure I learned that one. <laughs> Amen. So, are you seeing? Maybe they even added more since that last time. It's possible. So, are you seeing the different separations? There's a kingdom. There's a different kind species of fishes. You know, in that species, there are also different species again. See how are you seeing? So, so, and then that's what people wonder. Say, wow, they, they call it Mother Nature. It's wonderful. It's not Mother Nature. <laughs> Praise God. Where did they coin that word, Mother Nature? Hmm. It is it's something. Is a spirit and a spirit that knows. <laughs> you know, the heart perceives things, mm-hmm. but by the time your heart starts perceiving something, evil spirit will come and give you one explanation. Go and sleep. Okay. It's Mother Nature that did all these things. Praise God. <laughs> but we know it's not Mother Nature. These are just, this is just telling you some of what, some of what is inside Logos. Just the tiny part of Logos brought forth all of this. This, just, just a tiny part of Logos just brought all of what, the, the complexity of creation that we are wired by and you know, we see it. Men have even begun to worship it instead of the Creator. Amen. I want to ask you, what other things are inside the Logos? Are there, are there other things inside there that have not been expressed yet? Praise God. So one of the, so the, the first time man ever had breakthrough into a higher dimension in the Logos that had never been seen before was Christ. Amen. Amen. Jesus. 
was able to Jesus was able to break man through into Christ. Amen. Amen. What did I say? And then is God now did something. God now said, "This I will make something called Christ." Is a dimension that if anyone can enter Christ, they have a pathway into all the rest. So Christ is a creation of God that God is a creation of God that sets man on a path to inheriting all the fullness that is in the what? In the logos of God. Amen. Amen. That's why you, that's what that John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Logos, the Logos was with God, the Logos was, was God, the same was in the beginning with God, all things were made by Him, without Him was not made, but, oh, without Him was not, without Him was what? Not anything made that was made. In Him was life, the life was the light of men. The light shined forth in darkness, darkness comprehended it. Praise God. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. See that John was not that light, but he came to bear. Praise God. And he went on and on. And then he said that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Logos became flesh, dwelt among us. Then we beheld his glory. His glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Say full. Full. Full of grace. grace. And full of truth. truth. Amen. Ask me, what is truth? What is truth? (laughs) Thank you for asking. (laughs) (laughs) Praise God. Truth is the portion of Logos that has been, that connects eternity. Mm -hmm. Truth is actually, it's actually the eternal dimension. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. Am I making sense to you? Yes, sir. So I'm telling you that you are seeing in logos there are many things. You know, you are saying, ah, so is that? Are you, do you mean that there's, there are things in the logos that's not eternal? Yes. Mm-hmm. There's part of logos inside logos that doesn't have eternal properties, mm-hmm. which is which is what God manifested mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. But then there is. Another dimension of the Logos which has eternal property. The word truth means bearing eternal property. Truth just really means it does it will never change. So you see that's eternity, right? It will never end, it will never stop, it will never go away. It won't um praise God, it won't turn. The word truth means eternal. So something bridges the first or the natural or that which is ephemeral Mm. and then connects it with the eternal is called grace. Amen. Amen. So grace is is grace that gives, that opens the way of truth, that opens the door 
of truth. So you ask, what is Christ full of according to the Bible? He's full of what? Grace and truth. It's actually grace, then truth. Nobody can ever access truth without grace. Praise God. Say the Lord came through Moses. That's, that's in John chapter 1. But grace and truth came through who? Through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So grace and then truth. Of course, you know truth is eternal life, right? Say this is eternal life. That's John chapter 17. That they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ. And they are sent. First John chapter 5 says, The Son of God is come. And has given us an understanding. What's the understanding? That we may know him. That is what? True. And we are in him. That is, in, is true. Even in his what? In him that is true. Who is the true God? And eternal life. Okay, open. Let's read it. <laughs> First John chapter 5. I think the last the few. Last uh, few. Verses. What, what verse is it? 520. Verse 20. Praise God. It says, And we know that the Son of God is what? Is come and has given us an understanding that we may know Him that is true. And we are in Him that is true, even in His Son Jesus Christ. Amen. It says, And this is the true God and eternal life. So you can't separate eternal life. From truth. So what did he come for? If he came to give an understanding. For knowledge. That we may know him that is true. And now for him that is true means he that is eternal. Does this make sense? Is it, is it making sense? Are you seeing? You're seeing that. So you mean that. So that realm of eternal. So it's not possible to know him that is true. So you know, say, ah, so but Abraham, you mean Abraham was was dealing with God the Father, and then he didn't know him that is true? Yes. He didn't. Shall I tell you something? God can God can on can express himself in any dimension. But what determines what of God you are relating with is, is what portion of the Logos is forming that manifestation of God. In, before Jesus Christ came, before the New Testament era, God could not express any, any, any iota of eternal, his eternal nature. He couldn't express any outer of his what? Eternal nature. But he can represent a form of it. A type. He will represent a form, a type of it. But he won't be able to what? To bring the actual substance of eternity. That actual substance of eternity is locked on, locked inside the logos, in, in a realm of the logos. In, there's a realm of the logos that 
carries eternity. It's called the realm of truth. The, the dimension of the word. And so that dimension was completely closed in all of God's speaking, giving of laws. Giving of say the law came through Moses, right? Mm -hmm. And God gave the the God gave instructions and mm -hmm. he, he actually gave the all the everything that's needed, the specification for building. Amen. Amen. In the old testament. But in all of that, the, the problem with that house, that house could not touch hmm. it couldn't touch two things, grace. Yeah. And it couldn't touch truth. If it could touch grace, then eventually there's a potential it will touch truth. So really, grace is where is where is the is where actually, when you can't touch grace, you don't have any hope for truth. So the house that was built in the Old Testament was not a gracious house. It's a house that always fell short. And if, it, if anything falls short of grace, it will fall short of the truth. Amen. Amen. So Jesus was, but Jesus was able to touch grace. How, I can just imagine how, how they did it inside him to make a man already that was raised under the law, a Hebrew boy. How did they make an Hebrew boy touch grace? What happened? How did it happen? Heaven knew how they did it. Okay. Imagine, you know, by that time, the earth, creation had never tasted grace before. Nobody had ever tasted grace. No, grace is a taste within the soul. Amen. Amen. It was when you got born again, you started tasting grace. Mm -hmm. If you, if you got born again, there's something you tasted you had never tasted before. That thing is grace. Grace is the is that is that thing is that element. Amen. Amen. Grace is something. Grace, you know, grace has a taste to the soul that the soul can almost identify. Amen. Amen. Grace can even pour into your feelings and make itself just pour its aroma into your 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 feelings. Amen. Sometimes God starts from there before grace now begins to. Unveil itself because grace is a personality. Praise God. Hallelujah. So when they say of his fullness, you say he became full of grace and truth. To be honest, that word, those words grace and truth really means Christ and God. Because Christ is grace. Or Christ property. And then God property. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Full of grace and what? And truth. Amen. Amen. Are you seeing this thing? Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's see that Colossians again. That Colossians chapter 1. Thank you, Father. Thank you, so if we, go, if we go back and begin to read again from verse 15, you say, 
says that who is the image of the invisible God, of the firstborn of every creature, right? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions. Praise God. Whether they be what? Thrones or dominions principalities or powers all things were created by him and for him and he is before all things and by him are all things by him all things consist so they are praying so they are speaking now father we thank you we give you glory we bless your holy name amen Amen. praise god thank you jesus so this person they are speaking of now of course you know that you are talking about the logos am i correct Mm -hmm. This being called the Logos. So, and then they are telling you, um, you see two different dimensions of all things. Here, you speak, see, of all things of the first creation. Amen. Amen. Then you will now see which, from which, the, he, which he also created. See, without him was nothing made that was made. So, the, all things of the past, of the first creation came out they actually came from a dimension of him amen Amen. but those all things from before which they they mention here in verse 16 right things that were were created even as the even the present heaven and even the present earth and then they mention the kind beings in the Mm -hmm. present earth that those ones were created by him and for him that is the logos as well they know says he is before all things so that that verse seventeen makes it more interesting that uh, th- those things were made by him, but you see, he is actually before. So what they are telling is that he is more than all these things that they are mentioning. Praise God. Hallelujah. The announce says, and by him all things consist. And verse eighteen says, he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning. Now see this thing here. So there is the head of the body, the what? The church. So this head, the church, okay? They now say is, who is the beginning? Okay? Then he now calls him the firstborn from the dead. So this verse 18 is, is, is bringing separation between different all things. Verse 16, I think verse 17, maybe also, talking about things that were. Praise God. And then verse 18 now talks of another beginning, which is the beginning of the head of the church. Praise God. So that, and that word for for head is beginning. Praise the Lord. And that word for head is what? Beginning. And that word for head is end. Yeah. Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Say it again. Oh, how is it the end? Amen. I will tell you. Um, in God, beginning and end. Ah, beginning and end, praise God. Ah, 
um, they, they, they consist the, the same nature. Praise God. Hallelujah. Beginning and end consist what? In the same of nature. the same nature in God. In God, how you know you've gotten to end is when you arrive at the beginning. If you arrive anywhere else from the beginning, you didn't get to the end. Like, <laughs> praise God. Like Satan arrived somewhere else, and, he, and he, that place is where he will stay forever. There are people who he wants to lead to where he's going. Praise God. So, Anybody who arrives at the end and you check that end, it's not the beginning. Yeah. It's, the, it's a wrong end. So it's not an end in God. Oh, yeah. a, a, a true example is Jesus. Check his root. The, you check, they say it was before all things. Right. Yes, he is before all things. They now say, and in him, all things consist. In Revelation, he introduced himself as the beginning and the ending. So, what is actually telling is that he is somebody who has who began, and then who ended back at the beginning. So, inside that same person. Is he is one. Say, I am. So, in the same state, I am beginning and ending. Praise God. That is actually the nature of it, of salvation. When you arrive at that at that point, where you've arrived at the beginning, then you are. That's the, that's the sign of salvation. You've now been saved. If you've not arrived at the beginning, you've not been saved. You still have a journey to catch up on, because the beginning and the end is I am. Praise God. That's why nobody should have a vision to stop somewhere before the end. A heart should not be satisfied. A sign that someone's heart is still profane is when in you check their hope, they still have a, they have a point, a settling point. That's not the end. And it's not easy for you to, for hearts to have what? To zero in at the end and anchor at the end it's not easy to do that it takes light and light and light it actually takes grace for grace plenty of grace and grace and journeying after a point they now begin to anchor you at the end amen but a lot of souls they are not even thinking about the end no consciousness how many christians today have no no even awareness that there's something called the end many have set their gaze at heaven that once we can make heaven, that's it. And that's their hope. But heaven is not the end. Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm saying? Ask me, what's the end? You know the answer. What's the end? God is the end. Is Christ the end? Christ is not the end. Do you know some souls will settle with Christ? Yeah. Some souls we settle. That's one of this season we are in now. Praise God. I don't know how many of us have been having grace to listen to um, EGFM in Lagos. Praise God. There's been a lot of utterance. Praise God. <laughs> what God is doing is actually is God is giving birth to hope for the end. Okay. 
God is actually healing profanity. That's one, one of the main things God is doing in people. That as many people who can stay this cause and, and, and focus on this dealing. Amen. Amen. But though, I mean those who can catch the frequency of this dealing now. I believe, I strongly believe when it's true, one thing that would have happened is that profanity of hope. What is profanity of hope? Someone can be in, in somewhere inside the sanctification, but there is still some profanity. Profanity means a settlement that is not equal to the calling, to the fullness of the calling. Amen. Amen. Well, I'll tell you, I'll describe that state of heart to you. That state of heart means that you are an Esau at a level. So if you say, ah, this is the place my sight is on, it's a level of sanctification. But beyond that, you don't have energy to think beyond that level. It means that if anything from there comes, you can sell it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> See, that is all. profane fellow, he said he sold what is birthright for a, a muscle of bread. So, and it's not easy. You might say, oh, wow. Um, God understands. <laughs> God understands that. God does not just, just expect you in one day that one day you just wake up and say, wow, ah, I will now desire the end of, from today. It's not like that. That's why they have to be teaching. Imagine this every single day. For imagine voltages of messages. Mm. <laughs> that is what it takes mm. to birth this kind of hope mm. in man. It doesn't. It's not easy. Oh. Praise God. Yeah. Amen. God is the hardest thing for a man to hope for. Mm. A man will hope for anything else, but mm. to hope for God that. Mm. To, to get to a man to a state where there is no other, no other relaxation, no other settlement, no other hope, no other, nothing else but just God standing as one hope in a man's heart. That thing is not easy to achieve. It, will take, it takes a lot. When, when a soul gets there, that's, where, that's the kind of souls that John was writing to uh, the elect lady and her sons, say, whom I love in the truth. That, that realm that John was calling truth, that's another world entirely, is a, is a realm of men who, who, are, who has, men who have settled in an alien hope. It's an alien land, that land from, when you read the book, you know it's an alien book. Just, it's not too long, but you know that this book is another, it's another world. Praise God. Hallelujah. And, and so, but uh, one of, when such feeling, when I read the, with that book, I fellowship with it, and, when I, and the feeling that comes from there, it does something to me. It gives me an assurance that this place is a real land that my soul can stay in and that my soul can, can get to. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Does this make sense to us? Yes. Are, are, are you getting to I'll just ask you a question. What? So what, 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 I, what am I calling head? End. Because head is end. And head is beginning too. 
So you see, head is always like God. Praise God. The, the husband is the end of the wife. He's the beginning of the wife. He's the end of the wife. Christ is the beginning of the man, the end of the man. Christ is also the beginning of the church and the end of the church. And God is the beginning of Christ. God is the end of Christ. So, that word end means where you want to arrive at. Then the beginning means who built it, who laid the foundation. Praise God. Who laid the foundation? Who did what? Who, where did it originate from? That's beginning also. Am I making sense? Yes, uh-huh. So when you say beginning and beginning, there are many beginnings. Beginnings, though. There's beginnings of beginnings. Of, of existence beginning. That's one, one kind of beginning. Praise God. When you now move into, you get born again. That's another beginning. It's the beginning of new creation. Praise God. Hallelujah. Then there's, there's the beginning of Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. Then there's what they now call the beginning of God. Am I making sense? So this is verse 18. Father, we thank you. In this verse 18, oh, woman, he can be fast and even all. Pranava, Olihemes, Sia, Lovene, Candeli, Prata, Ulfeda, Epreva, Henda, Mati, Henda, Ida, Hadu, Mihena, Imahan, Igadona, Fonova, Eflehesion, Tumegresios, Ebrenekaya, Alavan Hano, Ovenaheno, 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 Ovenahemde, Havana Sasta Fastas, Esepanote, Patian, 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 Patian Horn, Patian Horn, on Tafano, Fatofenefeno. Fenofano, Feno, Fenaha, Fenaha, Fenaha. Thank you, Father. For these things are to open you up. They are to expand you. For here you must be expanded. For even to receive your inheritance. To receive the things that have been reserved for you and kept for you. Things which pertain to your life and which pertain to your eternal destiny. For you cannot receive your eternal destiny without an expansion of your house an expansion also of your vessel for we expand you by stretching you and you must be stretched by heaven in order to receive heavens things which heaven has kept for year for in this time we'll be we'll make men as vast as the heavens the souls of men to be as vast as the heaven for yeah, men must carry heavens for all these things that are constitute the the content of heaven must become the content of men. All of heaven should become all of men, and for 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 that to happen, man must be expanded. For for so for such reason do we speak and speak and speak even in this dimension. And in this level, it is for to bring the profit of your expansion, even for to receive blessed things to come. See the Lord. Father, we thank you. Our Father, we yield ourselves to receive all that you have for us. Just begin to take it, take us step by step, thought by thought. 
understanding by understanding, mm. scripture by scripture, verse by verse, just begin and begin to expound us, mm. begin to expound unto us these things, and begin to expand us mm. to receive a full exposition mm. of your truth and mm. of your word. Thank you, our Father. Mm. We give all the glory. Just bless the Lord, Father. I say, Father, we thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for for giving us these things and giving us access to these things. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's go back to uh, Colossians. Amen. Uh, back to Colossians chapter chapter, eight, chapter 1, verse 18. So he says that he is the head of the body. Are you seeing that? So the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning and so it's very clear here, it says the head is the beginning, right? And then the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. Thank you, Father. Thank you. So are you seeing that, that in all things? So what brought him into, that will bring him into preeminence in all things is because of his process of birth. Now, I believe that all things, in this verse 18 at the end, has, is different from the all things of the, of the present creation, even on earth and in heaven. This verse 18 is talking about all things which he was born to inherit. Praise God. These are he's speaking of another kind of all things. Thing, all things that are beyond the reach of the what of the first praise god all things that are what beyond the reach of the first means all things that it takes grace to reach those are the all things that in all things he might have preeminence but verse 19 for it pleased the father that in him should all fullness dwell praise god it pleased the father that in what in him so the, he pleased the father that in him should all fullness dwell so that so then in they now gave birth to him so that in all things he might have preeminence god will not put fullness into a vessel that does not have preeminence in all things <clears throat> Amen. <clears throat> What's the meaning of preeminence? Can you Google it? Or does anybody know? Or right off the top of your head? Show. Dominion? Okay. Let's see what. Amen. I, I know the meaning is in my spirit. But let me, let's just see what Google has to say if it aligns. It's possible it might align. But. Thank you, Father. It says, eminent above or before others, superior or okay. surpassing. So eminent before others, superior or surpassing. Or surpassing. He's preeminent in his profession. Okay. So surpassing. Surpassing. Yes. Praise God. Amen. To surpass. Are you seeing that? Yes. Preeminence means he's surpassing all things. So that so in all things he should have preeminence. Are you seeing why? Now he, so he should have preeminence in all things because so that because the father 
as it has pleased the Father that in him should all fullness. That fullness is the Father's own fullness. Mm. So if they want to put their fullness in him, they must put they, they can't put it in a vessel where that that there are things that that vessel doesn't transcend mm. or doesn't have preeminence over. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. That they must they make him in such a way, praise God, yeah. through the process of birthing. Uh, and that word for birth is giving him a new beginning. Praise God. Hallelujah. The person who was fighting um, that the Copeland, that when the Copeland said the born again man defeated all of hell, is because that person doesn't know that Jesus, at some point, he got a new beginning. They don't, they don't understand that resurrection was a new beginning. There was actually a new beginning. Something died. Something resurrected. And what died and resurrected wasn't just a physical body. There was something that was something came to an end something started praise god paul we spoke about it in first corinthians the first man then the second man how do you how do you have the second if you don't bring the first to an end the bible says it clearly that he taketh away the first that he might establish the second <laughs> praise god you've got the first man was of the earth earthy the second one was the lord from what from heaven Praise God. So, so God gave him a new beginning. Pray, amen. And then, say that because they say that the firstborn from the dead, that he, in all things, he might what have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Praise God. I love that you are seeing the Father here. Am I correct? You are seeing the Father, the Father's work. So if you ask me, what is the Father's work? It's simple. The Father's work is Christ. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're asking, what is God's work? God's work is Christ. Every other work that will be done will be done in Christ. This thing means something. It's actually this what I'm saying now is a if it can dawn inside you know some it's possible for you to know something. But when it dawns in you, it changes you. You just begin to walk differently. Imagine you wake up with an awareness that all things in him do all things consist. Imagine you a, a dawn in you that all works are in Christ. We do many things that are not in Christ. So there's nobody. So if God is the only person, Christ is the only person that God begat directly. That the Father just begat directly. Every other person who the Father will beget or give birth to will be given birth to in Christ. Huh. Just want to show something. The Bible makes these things clear. Praise God. That's why they say, if any man be in Christ, they didn't say, if any man did one thing, then he becomes a new creation. If any man be in Christ, 
he's a new what creation that's how they make men new creation so without christ christ is the one who opened the door to any man you don't speak about any, any man any that word any any you don't talk about any any you never see that word like that in the old testament you can never God just chose Aaron, chose this one, chose that one, bring this one closer. Forget that. Leave, leave the rest. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. The rest can be offering by proxy. Mm-hmm. We can be dealing with the rest. But you don't, there's not, there is the, it takes a power to now, something powerful must have been wrought mm-hmm. for you to now begin to use the word any, mm-hmm. as many, oh if God. anyone. Mm-hmm. And you see, that, that word, you, you hardly see such things in the whosoever <laughs> you know i see all those things praise god for god so loved the word i gave his only begotten so then that whosoever believe it so praise god now that thing there is it takes a lot for god's things to become a whosoever thing or an anything or anybody thing or an all thing it is it is Christ that makes all possible. Praise God. Hallelujah. What did I say? It is Christ that makes all possible. So, so God didn't focus on many things. God focused on one walk. One walk. One walk. Christ. That walk, it was a walking. Uh, Paul put it this way in Ephesians when he was talking about opening your eyes. One of the things that he asked them that they need to open your eye for is that you might know what he wrought in Christ. Mm-hmm. Right? So I never cease to pray for you that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will grant unto you the spirit of wisdom, revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. You might know the hope of his calling the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the sin, the exceeding greatness of his power towards us. I love it. So it means that that exceeding greatness of his power toward us does not come to you directly from God. How it makes it towards you. There's only one way it walks towards you. God had to rot it in Christ, which he wrought in Christ when he what? Raised him from the dead and did what? Set him his own right hand in the heavenly places far above what? Uh huh. Okay. Yes. But it's to come. What's the next verse? All things under his feet. I love that. Say it. And has put all things. So what makes him able to put all things under his feet is what he wrought in him. He wrought what he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Above principalities, everything, all, every name that is named, every. So I mean, I said Christ means all. You know what I mean by that? Now, I'm talking about because of his, the work of his ascension. Praise God. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let's see Ephesians. That Ephesians. Um, let's see. Let's see chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. All these things are the New Testament doctrines. Praise God. Hallelujah. In the New Testament, it's not the story about what happened. The story is about what God did. Sorry, or the New Testament is about what did God do? What did God do? You can see Jesus Christ rose from the dead on the third day. He was beaten, he died, he rose again. But you've not understood what God did. What did God do? How does that relate to sin, to death, to human life, to eternal life? How does that do you? What did, what is that thing? Is it must be known, and it must be revealed. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, so you now see how much of the New Testament is still is still veiled, and we're just God is just beginning to help. Will begin to help us to begin to open it up. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Oh, Father, we thank you. We give all the glory to your name. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'll read from verse one, Ephesians four. Let's read four. The four verse one says. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Verse 4 There is one body and one Spirit, even as Ye are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. Are you seeing that? Mm -hmm. Who is above all and through all and in you all. Now, I, I love God, one God and Father of all. There's one reason why the, he can now be called Father of all. Mm -hmm. It's because of Christ. It's because of one that you can have all. It is one for all. I love, say one. one. For all. For, from verse 4 and 5, say one body, one spirit. You are called in one hope. One hope. Say one hope. One hope. Then one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Praise God. Amen. Amen. And then one God and then Father of all who is above all and through all and then in who in you all amen, amen. and then to everyone is given is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ to everyone is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. So there is every now. Every it is there's all every now means for out of the all you can begin to pick them one by one and deal with them individually. Mm -hmm. That is every. Every means not collective. Mm -hmm. Individuals who are part of the collective. Mm -hmm. You begin to, there's a way, there's a dealing for each individual. Praise God. Mm -hmm. So, 
the apportioning of grace is given individually. Praise God. And those individual operation or giving of grace is according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Amen. Amen. According to the what? According to the measure of the gift of Christ. That's how they give grace. What is the meaning of that? Can someone just quickly explain to me what that verse um, verse 7 means? According to the measure of the gift of Christ. Okay, okay. The Christ is full of graces. Okay. And the graces and the grace. Okay. And he measures. Okay. But then he's able to distribute his grace, or as many who can. But unto every one of us is given grace. Yes. According to the measure yes. of the gift of Christ. Yes. Christ is, an, is a gift. Yes. An entity mm. of grace. Okay. Yes. That's given unto us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. Mm-hmm. Okay. Amen. So, so. Amen. So unto everyone is given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Praise God. So what they mean is that the grace, even though Christ is full of grace. Praise God. Full. When you say full of grace, how much grace is inside? How much grace constitutes fullness? All. It's not just even all. It's more than all. It is abundance. Praise God. So grace for everything and more is in Him. Praise God. And so, but all of that grace doesn't just go to every. By virtue of it being in Him, doesn't just make it automatically in you yeah. as well. It is in measures. And the measure is the measure of the gift of Christ. That's what they are telling you here. Praise God. The gift of Christ is very clear. It's just down there. They wrote it next few next few verses. Praise God. So is a, is a measure according to the word gift. Okay, what is the gift of Christ? Is distribution of grace. Okay. Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. The gift is what distribution of grace. That is what the gift is for. The purpose of 
the fivefold ministry mm-hmm. is for the distribution of what? Resource. Is the distribution of grace, grace for all things. Praise God. Okay, let's read on. Let's just read on. Amen. Verse 8, it says, Wherefore he said, When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive, and then gave gifts unto men. Are you seeing? Mm -hmm. Verse 7, it says, According to the measure of the gift of Christ. Verse 8 now said, When he ascended on high, he led captivity captive. I love the word, led captivity captive. He led captivity captive. You know, captivity that he led captive were captives who are taken from different realms of creation of men all kinds of men were but when he, he was able to lead all kinds of men ca- captive that what his own he led captivity captive means he brought them into his own captivity so for him to be able to do that means he has the keys of their captivity he's able to unlock their captivity why will he be able to unlock their captivity? Because he has what? Can you tell me? Sorry? Yes. He has overcome every captivity. Okay. Praise God. Yes. The what? Praise God. Yes. Don't be shy. Don't worry. Just say it. You are correct. This is a very simple message. This is ABC of. So you know everything I'm teaching today already. Just be saying them. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So um, give let um the keys. Yes. Because he went to hell. Yeah. And he was able to overcome um death because yes. he made an open show of yes. Yes. He obtained the keys where those people are. Yes. He's able to unlock. Yes. And lead them to his own. Lead them into his own captivity. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, why does he need to lead them into his captivity? Why didn't he just say, "Okay, I've released you. You can all be going now." Why do you have to take them captive? Say it again. So they can receive the things. Okay, so that they can receive the things that is in him. Praise God. Amen. Why else? There's just one answer I'm looking for. <laughs> can you tell me? Um, I guess like Leading them to his own captivity so that he can achieve like the final Yes. They'll bring us into that final promise. What is the final promise? Made into the habitation for habitation God. for God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Is that God only receives captives. Mm. The reason for him taking if he doesn't take them captive, God can never receive them. Mm. 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 Amen. 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 How many of you know that the do you know that the tabernacle is a mobile prison? Mm. How many of you know that? <laughs> that? That is God's own prison. Why would God take a whole tribe and just bring them around? They, they must never leave this place. Praise God. If, some will come inside as their realm. Some, amen. 
That is, it's a captivity. There's something that binds the Levites to the tabernacle. And if you are not a captive, you can't come near God. So the people who, who God will receive from Christ are the captives of Christ. Those who Christ himself had done, had done what? That he has led them what? Captive. Amen. So he led captivity captive and then he, and gave gifts to men. And, and then now that he ascended, what is it but us that he also descended first into where? Okay, why did he descend into the lower parts? For verse 10, he that descended is the same also that ascended far up, far above all heavens. Why? That he might feel all things. Amen. Are you seeing that? He had to descend and then ascend so that he can feel. So I will tell you that when they say all things, all things has to do with all the heights. And death. That's the spectrum of all things. The spectrum of all things is height and depth. Height and depth. Where did this story out? Things kept. Everything has its positioning in the height and in the depth. Praise God. So, and if he hasn't traveled all that journey, all of it, he can't what feel all things. Also, he won't be able to say in the book of Matthew 28 that all power in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. The reason why he can say that is because he that descended is the same that also what ascended so that he might feel. So you see that walk of making him descend and making him ascend is, is the wisdom of God for God to be able to wrought to make him the inheritor. Immediately he ascended and fulfilled all the height. That's when he appeared in Hebrews chapter 1. And that's where they said that this man, right, is what? Been made the heir of all things. The heir of what? Who also is the heir, right? He's the heir of what? All things. So the reason why he's the heir of all things is because he filleth all things. So uh, praise God. Are you seeing this? Amen. Amen. So God, when God was raising him, God was raising him that what God was doing was a building. God must be what God wants be, uh, souls to be built, a house to be built for Him. But the house must be built by Christ, and so God must build Christ first. And the building of Christ is what the Bible calls is the building of all things. Praise God. Hallelujah. The building of Christ is what is what is the building of what is the building of all things. This message is a wonderful message. This is a message of where I'm just preaching to you where your 
liberation is stored, where your victory is stored, where your where I'm showing you where your salvation, your inheritance, your sanctification, where it's coming from, where it is where it is kept. And I'm I'm showing you who did it, who wrote it, whose work is it? Whose work is your salvation? Whose work is your sanctification? Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Remember, it says you are his workmanship, created in who? In Christ Jesus, unto good works. Wherefore it was before ordained that you should what? You should walk in them. Amen. Amen. Let us see that. Let's see Hebrews. Uh, thank you. Father, worship your holy name. Let's see Hebrews. Chapter 3. Thank you. I think we read here. Before we're going to read. Let's, let's come back here. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All things. Say all things. All things. Christ. Thank you. Let's see chapter. Let's see chapter 2 before we move to chapter 3. Amen. Amen. I, I, thank you, Father. In chapter 2, let's read from verse 6. Chapter 2, verse 6, it says, But in one, one in, certain, in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Right? Mm-hmm. Say, Or the son of man that thou visitest him. Say, Thou madest him a little lower than the angels, and then crowned him with glory and honor, and did set him over the works of thy hands. Now, when you say lower than the angels, it's actually like low. It's the lowest. Because when, when you are lower than angels, you can't go any lower. <laughs> right? Praise <laughs> God. So that is the lower. When you say a little lower, it seems it's just a little. But what they're actually telling you is that it's All they just mean, mean is that it's higher than animals. It's actually lower. So it's actually the lowest. They may say made. made. There is also a making yeah. to make him a little lower. Mm-hmm. God did that. Amen. Mm-hmm. And then so he made him a little lower, then crowned him with glory and honor, mm-hmm. and set him over the works of thy hands. And verse 8 said, Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. Now, this man who they have put all things in subjection under his feet is the one that has now been crowned. With glory and what? And honor. Praise God. So he that has been crowned with glory and honor. They now say, and then this set him over the works of thy hands. Now ask, what is the meaning of that verse 7? Thou this set him over the works of thy hands. Praise God. When you are crowned with glory and honor. That automatically sets you over the works. Over works of God's hands. Praise God. Hallelujah. Crown you in glory and honor. And then that will set you over what? The works of God. You know, God, Jesus is in charge of the works of God's hands. You know that God does not deal with the works of his hand directly. There is somebody he sends. He sends Christ. Mm-hmm. 
Christ is the one who deals with the works of God's hand. He begins to work on it. He begins to introduce his own face. So Christ is the first person who brings the face operation to God, to man. Yeah. Amen. Then he makes man a face entity. Yeah. Then that entity of the face now begins to relate with God yeah. face to face. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Because the time of God's hand has passed. God is just waiting for, till beings who can relate with his face can come. Anyone who can't relate with the face of God, God will stay in his place. You stay in your place. Christ is the one who is over the works of God's hands and introduced the ministry of the face. First of all, his own face. Because there is something inside the face of Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. What did I say? There is something inside whose face? There's something inside the face of Christ. Amen. I just want to see. Let's see. Um, Second Corinthians. I think we we're reading that on Saturday. Praise God. Second Corinthians. Amen. Second Corinthians. You see in chapter 3. That's what we're looking at the New Testament, right? Praise God. Hallelujah. If you read verse chapter 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, you see verse 6. It says that, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness had shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Where? In the face of what? Jesus Christ. Then, you see this operation of giving the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. That's the, that's the first. Jesus Christ is the initiation of understanding of knowledge of God to man. There is no knowledge of God in God's hand. Knowledge does not rely in the hand. The hand can do works. But if you can't understand the works until face Are you getting what I'm saying? If I give you this phone now, you are playing with the phone, you are enjoying it, you can you look at it, all you are relating with is the hand of the maker of the phone. You use the phone and everything, you are relating with the hand. This is the hand. But you can only relate with the face of... The only place you can f- see the face of the maker of the phone, you have to go to where? Go to school. Is inside four walls of institutions. That's where the face of the maker of phones is hidden. Wow. Are, are you got what I'm saying? Face. Book means face. Someone means face just means the, <laughs> the inside. Face is the expression of the inward countenance. You can transfer anything from your face into a book. And you read it, you read what is inside, the knowledge. You understand, understand, and understand. Are, are you understand? Are you getting me? Yes, so God, God, until someone graduates from hand to face, 
is a, is a great transition. Only Christ can transit a man from hand of God to face of God. Christ is the one who what? When the first place you encounter face ministry is Christ. The first face you look at is the face of Christ. Because in the face of Christ, that's where you have the light of the knowledge. The spark, the first spark of the light of the knowledge of the word, of glory of God, right? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Knowledge of the glory of God that is in the face of Jesus Christ. So there's a measure of the knowledge of the glory of God that is in where? The face of who? Jesus Christ. It is that dimension that comes to. It is that dimension, verse 7, they call it treasure in earthen vessels. The word earthen vessel just means vessels of the hand. Praise God. What did I say? Earthen vessels means vessels of the hand. Earthen just means like a potter. Who uses his hand to frame the earth, to frame the clay. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then, so in that earthen vessel, God does not come to earthen vessel. Yeah. God does not what? God does not unveil his face to earthen vessel. Christ, the face of Christ, is, the, is what comes to an earthen vessel then it will begin to shine on that vessel and shine on that vessel. And after a while, that vessel becomes a higher vessel, like a vessel unto honor. Praise God. From vessel of earth, you can become a vessel of gold. Praise God. It is vessels of gold. Those vessels are the ones that are fit for the master's use. Not earthen. When you go into the, the most holy or the holy place, you, won't, you don't see earthen vessels there. You see vessels that have been refined. Praise God. Are you seeing that? But there is a treasure you have in earthen vessels. That treasure you have is the, is the first ministration of the face. That ministration... Praise God. Hallelujah. Of the face is the, is the giving of the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. That is where? In the face of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Are we blessed today? Yes, sir. So are we blessed? Yes, sir. Amen. So let's go back to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Praise God. I'm sorry, today is just Bible, Bible, Bible. Uh, can we endure that? Is it boring? No, sir. Is it, are you sure it's not boring? No, sir. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's okay, we can do Bible sometimes. God wants to lay some things down. These are doctrines of the New Testament. Mm. Amen. So Amen. we won't, will not be lacking in some things. Mm. So we will know them. Amen. Amen. Are we willing to endure? Yes, sir. Don't worry, we'll endure for too long. Just a little bit more. And then we'll be done for today. Praise God. Hallelujah. So Hebrews chapter 2. So read verse 7. Verse 7. Uh huh. Lord, angel, yes. Thou crowned him with glory and honor. Yes. And this set him over the works of thy hands. Of thy hands. Are you seeing that? 
who the God set over the works of his hands is the man that he has crowned with glory and honor. Of course, Adam operated in this type before, in the initial, in the beginning, when God made him, God put some glory and honor over him. And then you now saw him now being able to operate at a level over the other works of the hands that have not come into any glory and honor. That's why you could name animals. Are you seeing that? Naming is an operation of faith. Praise God. Are you seeing that? Naming is what? Naming is an operation of faith. That was so, so Adam could do a face walk because he had some measure of glory and honor which God put him, and that made him over the works of, of the hands of, of God to a level. Praise God. Hallelujah. In the same, same way, in the New Testament, for the new man, you have Christ, mm-hmm. who is also has been set over 18 vessels. Mm-hmm. And we are initially at the 18 vessels, first of all, who we must come to him and now begin to receive treasure. Mm-hmm. What is the meaning of that statement? And this treasure... We have this treasure in eighteen vessels, that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of us. Amen. Amen. There's a way you interpret that in just just normal flat understanding. What it means that we are just men, and then God's power is working in us. Praise God, and so we have this power in eighteen vessels. But, but the Holy Spirit is saying something deeper there. Praise God, because the preceding verse was speaking concerning bringing the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. In the face of Jesus Christ. And you see that Jesus Christ. So that knowledge of the glory of God is the initiation of treasure. Are you seeing what I'm trying to tell you? Now, no earthen pot is a treasure. It can do a job, maybe. But by the time you are moving into more honorable things, you put it aside. The way a man who is just an earthen vessel who doesn't have any treasure in him, who's not treasurable. God can use you. He can send you to one village, you will heal the sick, you can raise the dead, you can preach to people, they get born again. An earthen vessel can do that. An earthen vessel that has received nothing of the face means you've not received any treasure in your earthen vessel. Praise God. No earthen vessel should just be carrying water, water to drink, water to cook, water to... You know, you can serve that purpose for God. God is not a bad God. God doesn't just use vessel. God wants to make vessel ascend. He wants to bring vessel. He wants to make vessel a treasure. He wants to make earthen vessel become treasurable by receiving treasure. Am I making sense to you? So by the time an earthen vessel starts becoming silver, then starts becoming gold. It has been it's because of the receiving of treasure into the earthen vessel. After a while, that earthen vessel becomes a peculiar treasure. In fact, the destiny of that earthen vessel is to become a precious stone. To be honest, it's really precious stones that God shines his face on. But Christ can take an earthen vessel and make it become a precious stone. He's following the pattern because God did the same thing to Christ. Christ was just an earthen vessel and God took him 
And after a while, he said, I lay in Zion for a foundation. Something I took as an earthen vessel. I walked on it. Now it became a stone. Not just a stone, a tried stone. But you ask me, what is a tried stone? It's a stone that has gone through fire. A stone, a tried stone. Then a precious cornerstone. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you seeing this? Yes, so, earthen vessel first. Praise God. Earthen vessel. Let's read that verse 2. Hebrews chapter 2. That's where God started with Christ from. With Jesus, sorry. Jesus was first just an earthen vessel. But first, then he began to, God began to make him treasurable. Praise God. He says, and has put all things in subjection under his feet. Okay, I want, I want us to read that um, verse 7. Read it verse 7, then read verse 8. Praise God. For in that he put all things in subjection under his feet, him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. Mm-hmm. So we don't see it yet. Mm-hmm. Verse 9, but we see Jesus, who was made little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory mm-hmm. and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for who? For every man. Are you seeing that? Yes. That he by the glory should taste death for every man. To taste death for every man. Verse 10. For it became him. For whom are what? All things. And by whom are what? All things. In bringing many sons to glory. To make what? The captain of their salvation. Perfect. Then read verse 11. For hold he, uh and they who are sanctified are all one, uh huh. For which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Praise God. Are you seeing this now? This thing? That verse 10 again says, For it became him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory. So you see, the purpose is the purpose of him becoming all things, right? By whom are all things, for whom are all things, for many sons. So it means all kinds of sons will be what? Brought to what? To glory, to make their captain perfect through suffering. So it is God who did that. That is the what? The work of God. I was showing you the example of what God did in Zion. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Okay, let, let's let's see this chapter three. I just want to just begin to tie it up. Hey, thank you. We worship your name. Amen. 
Um, so this is chapter 3. Praise God. Hallelujah. I, all things, all things, all things. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God did not leave anything out. God makes sure. That was one thing with Jesus. God makes sure everything was complete. Everything was like fulfilled. So Christ was the Christ is the building of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Christ is the word. The building is, of God. And I said the building of God is all things. Read verse eleven. Sorry, verse seventeen of that chapter chapter two. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Uh, okay, hold on, hold on. Let's go back just a little. I'm sorry. Uh, let's read verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, uh-huh. he also himself likewise took part of the same, yeah. that through death yes. he might destroy him that had the power of death, yes. that is, the devil. Uh-huh. And deliver them who through fear of death were yeah. all their lifetime subject to bondage. Okay. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, mm-hmm. but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Yes. Wherefore in all in things, all things uh-huh. he behold him to be made like unto his brethren. Yes. That he might be a merciful and faithful high priest mm-hmm. in things pertaining to God. Yes. To make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Okay. For in that he himself had suffered being tempted. Yes. He is able to succor them that, that are tempted. Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you seeing that? They are telling you what is the genius behind his high priestly ministry. What is make what makes him such a high priest? I'll tell you because he was builded by God. Because he is a building of God. Every high priest is a house. He is the he is the house. Praise God. So God built how did God build him? Verse seventeen. He said that in all things he built him to be made like unto his brethren. Amen. In what? How many things? In all things. So that he might be a merciful and a faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. So there's things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself had suffered being tempted, and he is able to succor them that are tempted. Verse th- chapter 3 verse 1 says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. So that wherefore means because of this. Because of this, knowing this about him, knowing his credentials, amen, which is the credentials we have been building, the credentials through the epistles, we have been seeing that, the word God wrought in him, amen, yeah. praise God. He said, wherefore, partakers, so those of you who are partakers of the heavenly calling, you need to consider the apostle and the what, and high priest of our, confess, our profession, Christ Jesus, Say, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. So, Moses was a type of Jesus. The same way Moses was faithful in, say all. All. All his house. Say all his house. All his house. So, so what do we mean by Moses being faithful in all his house? They are talking about Moses's... Um, Amen. Amen. 
Father, thank you. They are speaking of Moses's faithfulness. So in chapter 17, verse 17 of the previous chapter, they said he is a merciful and then a faithful word, high priest. So he's not only merciful, but he's also what? Faithful. For, not just merciful, but he's also faithful. So faithful means everything. He won't skip anything. Every, that's one of the, 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 the criteria for high priesthood. Is that you are within everything there is faithfulness with salvation. And to do that, you must be made, you must have a stature for that kind of obedience. For one of the reasons why God raised Moses all those years into the wilderness in Egypt is to get him to a point where he can faithfully execute complex instruction for building a house for God. Because for that house to work, I think I was saying last time, all things, let's see that, that the place, praise God, for where it said that, it says, see that you build all things according to the pattern. Where is it? Um, later on. Uh, praise God. Mm. Chapter 8, yes. Chapter 8, let's read. Um, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 5. Praise God. Uh, it says, uh, Who serve unto the example and shadow, right, of the heavenly things. That's talking about that old tabernacle. It says, As Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle, he said, For see, saith he, that thou maketh all things according to the pattern showed thee in what? In the, in the mount. According to the pattern. What should he make? All. Say it. All things. He should make all things according to the pattern. So in God, for, for priesthood to stand, to be effective, all things must be according to pattern. And so the dealing with all things is a priestly work. Praise the Lord. Am I saying something? The dealing of what the all things is what? The sight. Someone who has a sight for all things. If he brought someone lower than Moses... He won't be faithful in all his house. He'll be faithful in some areas. Some areas he won't be faithful. It's the stature of high priesthood that makes one faithful in all things. When it comes to building of a house of worship. Praise God. So, that faithfulness, that nature, the faithful nature, the merciful and the faithful nature, God wrought that thing in Christ. God made him into such a priest. Amen. Amen. Are you seeing this? So, let's go back to that chapter. 
that chapter 3 we are reading. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 3 says, Who was faithful to him that appointed him, right? Yes, As also Moses was faithful in all his house. It says, For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who had builded the house has more glory honor than the house. For every house is builded by some man. I love that. Say every house, every house is builded by some man. But then he that built all things is God. So we've done a great journey to know to understand. We think we got here before, and then the Holy Spirit led us around to see, understand when this, what it means by He that built all things. So what that word all things is a particular kind of man. Is a particular kind of man in whom all things consist. That man was builded by God, so that that man can build a house. Because every house is builded by some man. But he that built all things, because God's own house is not just any house. God's house must also be a house of all things too. So God had to build all things. He said God had to build a first house. He said this house is the house of all things. The house that can carry all things. He said it pleased the Father that in him should what? Should all fullness dwell. Praise God. But he that built all things is God. It says, and Moses was faithful in all his house. It says that again, right? Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which, to be, which were to be spoken after. So you see, his own faithfulness was for a testimony of the actual thing that should be spoken after. See verse 6, but Christ as a son over his own house. So Christ has his own house. What is that house? Whose house are we? Not everybody. If. Praise God. Whose house are we if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope from Unto the end. Praise God. So the house of Christ, which is building, is who? We are that house. Amen. Let's go back to that Ephesians now. Chapter 2. As we are rounding up. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Our Father, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians chapter chapter two. Praise God. Let's read again from verse nineteen. He says, "Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints." And of the household of God, 
Praise God. It says, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth first into an holy temple in the Lord. So the house Christ is building is in, is in phases. You build it to a level, it becomes, can become a, a holy temple. Praise God. Now, what is the purpose of the temple? The temple is actually for offering of sacrifice. Praise God. Hallelujah. And what is the purpose of sacrifice? Amen. Okay. Praise God. Hallelujah. Can someone tell me the purpose of sacrifice? I mean the sacrifice that's done in the temple. All the sacrifices. Atonement. <laughs> yes. 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 Okay. So the mean the, the holy place or the temple mm. produces uh, an aroma mm. that is that goes into the most holy. Praise God. Amen. Amen. That's true. Thank you, Father. But that's not the only thing. That's one of the parts of the thing. That is, a, that is the aroma of the, what is coming. But what is the real thing? There's something else too that goes in. Blood. Temple is the bringer of blood. Right, is the is what is the purpose of temple is make blood. The purpose of the house is to produce a blood, a kind of blood. So how good the house is determines how good the blood, the house can produce. Praise God! It's a holy temple. So the purpose of the holy temple. Is to produce a holy blood. Mm. You ask me what is a holy blood? I'll tell you a holy blood means a blood that carries covenant. A holy blood is what? It's not every blood that has gotten, that has blood. What is covenant? Covenant is writing. Yes. You see the Bible, it said, gather unto me those who have made what? A covenant with me. How? By sacrifice. They've made a covenant by sacrifice. The purpose of the temple is to produce covenanters those who have made to make covenant by sacrifice. Mm. It is people who have made covenant by, with me by sacrifice who God brings. So such people will graduate from being a holy temple into a habitation of God. Eventually. Amen. Amen. 
So you see that verse 21. Then what? Verse 22. In whom, whom ye also are what? Are builded together for an habitation of God through what? Through, through the Spirit. You are built together an habitation of God through the Spirit. Pray, Amen. Amen. Now, without see these two, verse twenty-one and twenty-two. These are serious hopes. These are hopes. These are hopes. This is the. This is why we are doing what we are doing. This is the purpose. Read this twenty-one and twenty-two. You want to be built. This is why they are building you. You have to become first a holy temple. When you become a holy temple, what well, a sign you are becoming a holy temple is that you are beginning to 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 see visions of the hope of becoming a habitation of God through the Spirit. A habitation of God through what? Through the Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, if you are being built a temple, and that word for holy temple is a is a house of worship, is a house of of worship where worship where worship worship begins. Amen. Amen. There are levels of worship. There is worship that is separated. There is then there's worship that is abiding. The abiding worship of God is when you have come into an abode in Him. Praise God, which is the kind of worship that will be going on in the city. That worship, abiding worship, doesn't need a temple. In chapter 21, see, there's no temple there. God himself, the Lamb, there is temple. But there's worship ongoing constantly. The city, in fact, the city itself is, is worshipping. Praise God. But before you get there to a place of abiding worship, there is the sanctified worship. The, which is the worship that Christ teaches. Ta- Christ teaches sanctified worship. The sanctified worship of God <clears throat> is the worship that Christ teaches. That is the worship of priests. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> what did I say? Yes. Is the worship of priests. That's the worship that so first of all to be a worshipper. Do you know that 
Levites are not really worshippers. Praise God. Levites are servants in a level at a level. When I say I don't mean servants in the terms of actual priestly service. Mm-hmm. Or Levites are preparing to worship. They are prepared there's preparation to worship. Then they are worshippers. Through worship, you need to be in the temple to worship. Praise God. Am I saying anything? You need to be what? You need to be in the temple to worship. What is the meaning of that? What is the difference between Levites and priests? It means a difference just from this teaching. You can just see this light. God will help us. When we see this light, then we'll see, okay, this is the message and we can go home. Praise God. They mention two things here. But we know in the Levitical order, there are three, but they left one out. They just spoke about two dimensions. The difference between Levites and priests is that Levites don't use the house. Priesthoods has to do with the house. Praise God. Say house. House. Yes. If I can use this word in a way, coin it somehow, I will say it that Levites don't have a house. Do you know Levites? Do you know Levites still have their? To be honest, I feel like they even they still have their own tents. Although they are, although it's around the tabernacle, mm-hmm. is amen. Because God told them to tent around the tabernacle, mm-hmm. around it, right? Mm-hmm. They have their own habitation around it. So they are still having their. So what? They, what does that mean? That is that there are people who have been coming to some separation, but they don't have a building. Amen. Please just stay. This is the message. This is we are now connecting the message from on Saturday. Praise God. Yeah, the Lord has to take us through some things. Amen. In the scriptures. So the Levites, word, they don't have. They are. Gain some level of separation. Amen. This Amen. this conversation we're having now, this is answering questions mm. from Saturday, I think, I believe. Mm. Amen. Because last Saturday we were talking about how someone can be trying you around holy things. You are you are close proximity to priesthood, but and but we are still struggling with mm. some things. Discover that there's still a diversion of worship by the enemy, even though we are trying. We we had a chat, right? We're talking yes. about things, and and then the place we landed is that the reason is because of mm-hmm. what? Can you can you remember? 
Say it loud. Okay. Oh, yes. Praise God. It's because you are trying to worship without a house. So I want you to see how close someone can come to worship. That there's a place of proximity to worship. But with but you're not a you don't have a you're not a you don't have a house yet. You're not a user. And you see those people, they didn't mention them here. Even though they I mean it's good. I mean you Johnny, you're not like Israel, but there is something they've not partaken of that word called built. Not every believer, not even every believer who has been hearing revelation has begun to partake of that word. Build. Say build. B-U-I-L-T. That is the key word. It's the, it's the key word. It's a key word that changes things. It changes things. So, so believers who are not coming into, are not beginning to come into building yet you will begin you will always struggle with worship you always struggle there will be a struggle with worship this is the root of some of the questions we're trying to answer You need a house. You need what? You need a house to be standing, a building. Because that is where true priesthood begins. The worship, true worship of God is hard to worship God. Sustain worship. Sustain worship. Holy worship. Without a house. You check, you now see that the priests and the Levites, even though the Levites are around the tabernacle, but the lights they are using is different. One thing that building does is that building creates complete separation from the light that the profane use to live. <clears throat> Levites are still in a place where they are, they are trying to associate with priestly things but something is warring against them still that they have not overcome. What's that thing? They are light. The light that all men use is still the light they are using. Nobody can fully be, be transformed or transition into holy light without a building standing. Praise God. Mm-hmm. I, 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 am I making sense yes. to you? Light. Someone can have revelation, but they are still using 
when it comes down to it, their life, with the life they are still using, the one they are using is, is still every day the normal light. But before, when you find somebody who is constant, they in there, they are constantly using the holy. What is a holy light? Is a is a light that shines in the darkness. It's the light of Christ. Those who are using light of Christ to live are those who have been built by Christ. They've they surrendered their first temple, their first house to be torn down. They've allowed a house to be built according to pattern. Is a house. So whose house are we? If we hold fast to what? The confidence. confidence of what? And rejoicing of the hope. Um, so in other words, how do you enter into building? Hold fast. That's one thing God wants now to make us do. God wants to move us massively from a Levitical realm into a priestly realm. Am I getting my sense? God wants to move us into what? From what Levitical realm? Many of us have have become Levitical by nature. How do I know? It's simple. We have begun to measure separation. When we check our lives, there's some measurement of separation, but there's still struggle. Mm Because houses have not yet been built. Not many of us have become houses yet. You can never be holy outside the house. You can be separate, but you won't be holy. Praise God. Or when I say holy, I mean really holy. Mm-hmm. Where you have, or you sanctified, that's the word I'm looking for. You can't be sanctified. You know, sanctified is not just holiness alone. It's a, it's a sanctified person who has now mastered blamelessness. Mm-hmm. Are you getting what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Nobody can ever be blameless without the house. Because, because of the interference you always have with the light. That light of the sun which men use with always beaming on you. Is how to escape it. The only thing that can shelter the soul away from that light where you... I mean, so what's desire that holy... You know that holy life where you are just... You just, you just stay in holiness. Carry, you can carry holiness. You, you can't maintain and carry holiness if you are not a temple. You must be built. It's a, it's a built soul that can stay. You are inside. You are, you are within. You, are, you have been built a holy temple. Said in whom all the building fitly framed together grow it into an holy temple. That's, that's what God is saying to us. That he wants us to grow into a holy temple. 
your soul need to become a holy temple. When you are not a holy temple, you will see other things will now begin to open. Praise God. Hallelujah. Are we making sense? Yes, sir. Father, we thank you. Thank you, our Father. Temple, 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 temple. Christ, Christ. Christ is going to build us. Because how, how will he be building us? You remember? It says that God who has commanded light to shine out of darkness. Praise God has shown in our hearts. So it is the light shines in darkness. That cultures the heart. That's actually the light. The, the light in the face of Christ is a light that actually shines out of darkness. The light in Christ's face is not the same as the light in God's face. Mm-hmm. It's shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Praise God. I, I'm seeing the Lord building us up. Amen. Yeah. We, we very soon we will we'll just begin to see. When I see you, I'll just be seeing houses. Amen. I look at you, I'll see houses. Amen. Amen. All of our brethren, those of us are online. We'll just be, I'll begin to see houses. Amen. Oh, I'll begin to see holy temples Amen. of the Lord, which Christ has built. It will begin to happen just very soon as we are yielding ourselves to the Lord, to what He's doing. You'll see. You see, you begin to be built into a temple of God. Praise the Lord. Let's let's begin to just thank God for, for His Word. For Manishtepreneto, Master Delona, Kedren Sotani Kerheno, Karnose Avanahona Havano Hashisto Prando. Let's begin to let's begin to just pray from our heart. And uh, find, let's find desire. We want us to find desire for these things. Let's find desire within within us. Just find a desire. Let's find a desire for it. This is a very holy thing. It's holy and it's and it's wonderful. If the Lord can help us to to journey there, God wants us to journey into our building. To become a holy temple, become a holy temple. Let's pray for just a bit. Let's pray. Time and all to pre and to pro and to go. I will now see a Vahansa 
Amano on Tamama Udia, Tamano Tomas City, Piana, Kana, Gana, Mahoga, Manga, Manga, Mago, Navagana, Manga, Emanahama, Namakumana, Emanagoma, Kamana, 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 Amana, whose house are we? Whose house are we? If we hold fast the hope of the rejoicing, on the rejoicing of the hope, on to the end, Uspe. Osman Heno, Osman Heno, Osman Heno, Omsen, Omen, 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 Let's just be, you know, consider him, the high priest. You know, we saw his CV through the epistles, just seeing what was wrought in him, how God made him. Said he that builded all things is God. And he said, we should now consider him, uh, consider who is the apostle and the high priest of our profession. That same Lord, he said, upon whom we are, are built. We are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Uh, of course, those are, are the extensions of the gifts to us. And uh, we are actually built on, on Jesus Christ, who is the cornerstone, the chief cornerstone. Nesia, Panosia, Panesia, Paniha. Let's begin to cry. Just ask for work, for work to be done. That's my Telling my site is ready, my land is ready. I need a house. I want to become a house. I, I don't want to be. I don't want to worship from afar anymore. I want to come in. I want to have a, a, a place of worship. I want to become a holy temple. Make me 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 a holy temple unto the Lord. Messiah, I know He. Hindering my building, whatever is stopping my building from rising, whatever is stopping my temple from rising, Lord, begin to deal with them. Jesus, you are a merciful high priest, you are a faithful high priest, you are a builder, you are a faithful builder. You can you can only you can see anything, you can war against anything that is hindering my building. Begin to war against them, begin to fight against them. Thank you, Father. We give all the glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our Father, we thank you tonight. We give you all the glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you for these things. Thank you for these words. 
thank you for your truth. Father, thank you for opening up the scriptures to us tonight. Thank you for making us see precious things in your word. Thank you for this great, wonderful hope to be devoted, a call to devotion, to service, to holiness, even, even to the ultimate calling of being a habitation and being a dwelling place for you. Father, we thank you for it. We give you all the glory, Father, for tonight. Holy Spirit, we pray that you will quicken our hearts even more to see this thing with a more quickened gaze that you will create even by revelation, even the the right import, the right uh, urgency, the right weight which these things are supposed to have upon our heart. I pray you will create it, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that the impression of this calling will stick, Amen. it will stay, Amen. and it will weigh heavily upon us. Amen. Father, I thank you for even the, 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 the holy desire that you have to make us into holy temples through your Son, and ultimately to become habitations for you in the Spirit. Amen. I ask that this calling, that none of us will fall short of it. Amen. I pray, oh God, as many who in this season you want to now begin to develop into holy temples, as many of us who you want to build your temple in our heart, I ask, Lord, that by your Spirit you begin to facilitate that operation Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Father, I release grace. Let there be a release of grace. Grace for building in the name of Jesus. Thank you, our Father. I give you all the glory. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth.